If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them. We're going to flip to 1 Peter chapter 5. Just remain standing for a few more moments in reverence to the reading of of the Scriptures. We'll have to get back into the flow of it because we've been at home watching from our TVs for the past several months. 1 Peter chapter 5. Skip to clothe yourself. Do we, do we have that? Okay, we, we're just going to skip to clothe yourself. Clothe yourselves, all of you. Say all of you. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. How many of you need His grace this morning? I know I need His grace. I need it brand new every single morning. And it's a good thing that He gives it brand new every single morning if we remain in humility. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you. Father, we thank You. We thank You for Your Word this morning. We thank you for your presence that is, that is right here in this building with us this morning. Your presence that, that fills us and causes us to walk and to live this life for you. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for that. I pray that today would be a fresh revelation of who you are. Of who you are. Of who you have called us to be. And Lord, I just pray right now that that I would decrease so that your spirit would increase. I pray that this word would go forth today, God, clear, and that it would articulate the way you want it articulated this morning. I pray for your spirit to penetrate every heart and every mind in this place. That it's solely you, Lord, that comes across in this word today, I pray. Lord, we love you, we bless you, and it's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Go ahead and tell somebody how grateful you are to see them this morning, how thankful you are for them this morning. Well, what's up, CWC? How y'all doing today? Are you good? Come on, shout, I'm good. Amen, amen. So like John said, man, today we're hopping into part five of our series that we have titled positioned. So why don't you help me get settled in and help yourselves get loosened up and shout positioned. Positioned. So, so very important. And, and this topic that we're going to hop into um, here this morning um, is, is a topic that, that, that hopefully it will show us, right, that, that it will show us how we are to continually be combating this original sin that we're going to be dealing with today. Hopefully it will, will show us the, the need to keep fighting against this, this sin that is, has plagued mankind from the very, very beginning. Now, I know sin is not a popular subject to talk about. Um, that's for sure. We'd rather hear about blessing and power and all those things. And all those things are true. But we have to deal with sin. We have to deal with sin. And so we're going to talk about what we're going to call the original sin. And, and the reason this sin is so dangerous is because it's where every other sin 
Every other sin gets its energy. It's where every other sin finds its footing. This original sin is what gives all other sin its license to keep on sinning. That's why it's so important to to know we have to continually be combating this. And so today, man, we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about how we need to to remain positioned so that we keep on fighting, so we don't give in to this this original sin that. That is constantly plaguing, constantly plaguing mankind. Because if we do, if we, if we give in to this sin, if we allow it to penetrate our hearts and our minds, it will cause a ripple effect of sin in our lives. Cause a ripple effect. How many of you ever thrown a rock into a, to a body of water? I would say most of us. Well, that's the picture that I want you to get when discussing this. Because when you take a rock and you throw it, into the body of water, right? Where the rock hit the water is not the only part of the water that was disturbed by the rock you threw into the water. Matter of fact, if it hits over here, right? That rock that hits over here, clear over here, you're gonna see the disturbance and the disruption that that rock that hit over there created clear over here. It wasn't two rocks, it was only one rock, but it created a a ripple effect of disturbance and and this is the way this, this sin is. And it, it does it greater than any other sin. Not that all other sin is, is not good. That's not what I'm saying. But this one sin will cause such a ripple effect of other sin in our, our lives. Not only affecting our lives, but it will infect and impact the body of Christ. If we allow it. If we allow it. This, this one sin, and it's the It's the sin of pride. The sin of pride, man. Every other sin gets its license to keep on sinning because pride will be blinding to us. And we'll just keep walking in the sin that we've that we fell into. And so, man, we we have to deal with it. And so we're gonna talk today with a message titled Positioned in Humility. Come on, say it with me. Positioned in and humility. Now look, 1 Peter <clears throat> chapter 5, midway through verse 5. I, I forgot to tell the team, go midway through. Because Peter, it's interesting because earlier in that chapter, verses 1 through 4 and a half or 5 and a half, right? He's dealing with, with elders and he's dealing with younger people. But then he gets midway through 5 and he says this, clothe yourselves, <clears throat> Interesting way to to phrase it. Clothe yourselves. In other words, put it on. (laughs) Put it on. Walk in it. Talk in it. Go to work in it. Deal with your wife and your husband with it. Talk to your kids with it. Deal with your neighbors and your friends and your loved ones. Deal with it. it. Put it on. Clothe yourselves. And, And he says, all of you. All of you, every single one of you. He was dealing with old and young. And now he's saying, make sure you don't, you don't miss this. All of you need, need to get it. See, because he was dealing with young, young and old, he wanted to make sure that they weren't overlooking this, the young or the old. Like, like well, well, yeah, yeah. He, him over there, he, he really needs this. He needs humility. 
And she, I mean, she definitely needs to clothe herself. <laughs> and this is two parts for her, right? Like, she needs to put some clothes on it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she needs to clothe herself in, in humility, right? Yeah, she's, she's so prideful, and I can tell because of what she does and what she says and what she wears. I can, I can see the pride on her. So, so this verse is for her. <laughs> How often do we do this? We hear a word, oh, yeah, I know who that's for. You know what I mean? Like, I'm real bad at it. Babe, did you listen to that? It was for you. God was speaking to you. I'm the spiritual leader of this home, babe. That was for you. you know, like, not really. That's not how it goes down, I promise. But, but we so often do this <clears throat> to deflect when the Lord is dealing with us. It's it's for someone else. So, so, so Peter makes sure that we can't do this. And he says, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility. Put it on. Put it on. You know what I've, I've, I've found out about pride? Pride has many different faces. <clears throat> but it tries to bring about the same outcome. Many different, different faces. And as I was thinking about that, all the different ways we become prideful and pride enters our lives, I began to think of, of how when we, we tear down this sanctuary, okay? I promise this isn't a rabbit trail. It's all gonna tie together, so stay with me. Tell your neighbor, he's going somewhere. But I was thinking about pride and all of its different faces, and I started to think about when we tear down this sanctuary to, to host other events in here, right? whether it's, it's core and, or daddy-daughter dance or Tyrone Carnival and the list goes on and on of all the stuff we do. But, but I was thinking about it and I started to think about the people who help tear it down and set it up, right? Like this, that if we need a bunch of tables up here and, and people are here to help, help us do that, sometimes people will pair up with one another and each of you will grab a side and carry the table up. Probably the smart way to do it. <clears throat> Then other people will grab just one table by themselves and walk it up the steps and bring it up and set it up. But then you have other people, right? They'll grab two tables. They'll grab two, you know what I mean? Like, and bring it up. But then you have me. Then you have me. And I see people carrying two. I can get three. <laughs> no problem. This is me, man. I'm always competing, and no one even knows I'm competing with them. Like, that's really bad. That's really bad. Now, look, I, I know that this isn't a huge deal, because what's the worst that could happen? I carry three tables. I drop one. It falls, hits the, hits the wall. My, my father-in-law yells at me, and, and life goes on. I'm used to it. So, so it's not a big deal, but, but I will tell you what is a big deal. It's indicative of a mindset. It's indicative of a mindset. Multiple different times and different occasions in my life, right? I've, I've tried to carry too many things on my own. Just like the tables. I got it. It's cool. I got it. I don't need your help. Back up. I got it, right? I've tried to carry multiple things in my life. I was never meant to carry in the first place. I've carried burdens for others that I was never meant to carry for them. Because I think like this, I think, ah, I, I got this. I'm, I'm good. Now, now listen, I, I am obviously smart enough to do Christianese with it. 
I've been around this a long time. I've been in this game a long time. So I know how to word it to make it sound like the Lord is for it. Come on. I really do. Well, the Lord has created me for this. This is what he's called for. Man, I can carry it. I can handle it. Man, because I, I got it. Because the Lord, the, Lord, the Lord told me to do it. So, so me, I, I got this. But see, here's what, what the Lord's been speaking to me and, and, and causing me to realize. He created for me to be dependent upon him. Wholeheartedly on him. So, so when I find myself living a life that says, I don't, I don't need anyone's help. I, I don't need it. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Pride has now infiltrated my heart. Too often, right, I've allowed others to talk me into doing things that the Lord never told me to do. He may have told them, but he hasn't told me because I think I got it. I, I got it. And so me, I, I'll push through it. That's my wife. I'll just push through it. I'll, I'll push through the pain. I'll push through the, the sleepless nights. I'll just, I'll just push through it. And I'll carry it because I can do it. And this is a face of pride. This is one of the faces of pride. And the Lord had to show me it's sinful because it is prideful. We're to carry what God calls us to carry. <laughs> We're to fulfill the call on our lives, not on someone else's life. You know, it's funny because the Bible says this, that he is our very present help in times of trouble. You know how often we take that on ourselves and inject ourselves into that statement like, I am their very present help in times of struggle. I'll help them. I'll get them through it. The whole time the Lord's saying, get out of my way. I'm trying to help them, but you're standing in my way. So, good. so often we do this. Pride has many different different faces. See, see, pride doesn't always come in the form of I'm the best at what I do and I look the best at what I do. Although that's true for me. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it doesn't always come in that form. See, see, sometimes, sometimes it comes in the form of doing more than what God has called you to do. Other times it comes in the form of not doing enough of what God has called you to do. Laziness is prideful. Well, God's cool. Eh, it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. And again, the opposite is just as bad. I got it all. I can handle it. I can handle it. See, see pride, it comes with different faces. And Peter says this. He says, clothe yourselves, put it on. Walk through your life, all of you, in humility. And do you know what else I love about this? I love this. I love that God had Peter tell us about it. Do you know why I love it? This is why I love it. Peter was one of the most prideful men you'll find in scripture. He was more prideful than King David. King David killed his tens of thousands. Peter didn't kill anybody. Matter of fact, when he chopped off an ear, Jesus rebuked him. You know what I mean? Like, but he was more prideful than King David. But I find it amazing that God used him to teach us about humility. I mean, this was the man that rebuked the creator of everything. 
that looked at him and said, far be it from you, Lord, I won't allow it. You're not gonna die for the sins of the world. What? Like, dude, what? This is the man, right, who, who Jesus tries to warn him. He says, look, you're gonna deny me three times. Get your heart ready, prepare yourself, right? Prepare yourself because the enemy is a, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and he's coming for you. So prepare yourself because you're gonna deny me three times. And, and Peter doesn't listen to Jesus, the God of everything. Instead, he argues with him. Oh, I'll never deny you. Matter of fact, I'll die for you. Imagine the Lord's face like, what? <clears throat> I've already seen it. I'm, I'm at the beginning and the end. Amen. This is the man that, that God showed up in a vision, in a dream, and showed him how he was to go and, and to disciple and to bring the Holy Spirit to the Gentiles. And his response to that dream was, I won't do anything that makes me unclean. Jesus had to tell him again, dude, don't call unclean what I've already made clean. Amen. That's talking about us, by the way. Yeah. Unless you're Jewish, then it's not. Praise God. You already... <laughs> Don't call unclean what I've already called clean. Multiple occasions, Peter's pride was on full display for everybody to see. But yet here, we find Jesus using him to speak on humility and to combat pride. The very thing that the enemy tried to use to destroy Peter was the very thing that we find Jesus using Peter to minister and to help other people walk through. It's incredible because this is, this is Jesus' stuff. Only Jesus can do this sort of stuff. He, he's the only one. See, listen to me. In Jesus, your current struggle will be someone else's future support in Christ. In Christ, right, your, your current pain will be someone else's future comfort. In Christ, your current loss will be someone else's future blessing. This is how good he is. This is how powerful Jesus is. Because he always takes, just like that song, he always takes what the enemy means for evil and he turns it. Do you know how powerful that is? Yeah. I don't know if we actually recognize that, that everything I go through, everything the enemy tries to throw at me, God will use it against him and he'll use it for me. So go ahead, devil. I can rejoice in trials of many kinds, knowing that they are testing my faith and let faith have its full work so I may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. So it doesn't really matter what he does because God is for me. So who can be against me? It's so powerful. Jesus always takes what the enemy means for harm and he turns it for our good. And I've seen it on multiple occasions. I have seen marriages after marriages in complete shambles. The next step is divorce, a broken home, kids involved. Jesus comes along just completely restores the marriage. Now God is using those marriages to minister to other marriages that are hurting. This is what he does. I've seen on so many different occasions, not just in my life, but on multiple, I mean, multiple people's lives, drug addicts and alcoholics, Jesus sets them free. Now he's using them to help other addicts walk through their addiction. It's, it's amazing. I've seen gangbangers, I'm telling you, hard 
hard gun-toting, weed-smoking dudes, that the gospel of Jesus Christ transformed them in the hood, transformed them. And now they are preaching the gospel on the street corner, and they're bringing people into the kingdom. Amen. Only Jesus can do Jesus' stuff. He's the only one that can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ever ask, think, or imagine. It's incredible. It's incredible. But, but you know what the common thread is here and <clears throat> all the examples I just gave you, from, from Peter to the gangbanger? You know what the common thread is? Humility and repentance. That's the common thread. It's the common thread. Peter was a man at one time full of pride. Full of pride to the point where, where God himself, fully God, fully man, couldn't even tell him what to do. Couldn't convince him of the things he, he thought about himself even. He was a man full of pride. But in Luke chapter 22, it explains it well. His name is Simon Peter, by the way. But in Luke 22, Jesus says this to him. Simon, 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 Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you, but I've prayed for you. Now, I'd rather say, Lord, I wish you would have stopped it, but okay, pray for me. You may like, can't you just stop it for me? But, but, but I've prayed for you so that your faith may not fail. And when you turn back, another way to say, and when you repent of your pride in your failures, when you turn back, then you will strengthen your brothers. Humility through repentance. Proverbs says this, pride comes before the fall. Pride comes before the fall. Whenever we find ourselves in seasons where we fell, I promise you it'll trace back to pride every time. You didn't listen to those closest to you. You didn't pay attention to the voice of the Lord. Believe me, I've been there so many times, it's crazy. The Lord literally walks me right back. Here, see, prideful, prideful, prideful fall. Every time. Pride comes before the fall. And so you see Peter's pride leads him to, to failure. But Jesus is so good that through his failures, he shows Peter his need for a savior. That's what takes place in Peter's life. His, his need for repentance. His dependency upon Jesus. Which in return calls him to be positioned in humility. When he turned back, when he repented of his pride and his failures. Now we find him, Jesus using him to minister to, to all of you about humility. To every single one of us, it's incredible. It's incredible. And look, Peter is not speaking from perfection, like we just said. He's speaking out of experience, which you've heard me say on multiple occasions, because I couldn't speak if it was out of perfection, I promise you. It has to only be experience of what I've walked through. And so it shows us that our willingness to be humble and repent will cause God to exalt us and to use us in incredible ways. Incredible ways. It's just, Lord, forgive me. Help me. I need you. I'm sorry. I need you. Forgive me. I need you. Jesus, I want you and only you. And then, man, he will use us and he'll exalt us. Clothe yourselves, all of you, 
in humility toward one another. See, we've, we've got to be humble toward one another. See, Jesus says this. <clears throat> he said, how can you say you love a God who you cannot see, but hate your brother who you do see? In other words, how can you say you are humble before a God you cannot see, but then prideful to a brother you do see? Doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Humility towards one another is a necessity if we want to be positioned in humility before God, period. Period. And, and hear me, hear me, because this is a tough word. Our humility towards others doesn't depend on the other's humility towards us. Right. Oh, preach. Ouch. <clears throat> that hurts. Matter of fact, God threw that in there on me late last night, like one in the morning. I was like, oh, praise the Lord. I got to put it in there. I didn't really want to. Yeah, but that hurts, Lord. Like, so my humility towards everyone has to reflect the humility that Jesus showed towards me? What? That's what it, that's what it says. Do you know one of the greatest examples of humility towards one another is? Outside of Jesus. I mean, he died for the sins of the world. So, of course, he has the greatest example. But is the story of Abraham and Lot. An incredible story about of a man being humble towards another. It's an incredible story. See, in the story, right, it was Abraham who was called a friend of God. It was Abraham that was the righteous man of God. In Genesis chapter 12, God shows up to Abraham. And he says, I will bless you. I will make your name great and make you a great nation. I will, I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. And in you, Abraham, all the families in all the earth will be blessed because of you. This is what God says. incredible. It's an incredible thing. And, and I hope you know this, that the blessing is yours in Jesus' name. What he spoke over Abraham now, man, because of what Jesus did. Now we get to receive that blessing and we get to share in it. It's an incredible truth. But this is what God says to, to Abraham. And of course, what God says always comes to pass. And so that's exactly what happens. He is blessed beyond measure. Now, he has a nephew named Lot. And Lot essentially just rides Abraham's coattails. That's what he does. But, but I will say this for Lot. I will say this. He had eyes to see the favor of the Lord on his uncle. And he said, man, there ain't no way I'm going to let him get away from me. I'm going to catch some of that blessing. Whatever pours off, I'm going to catch it. I'll be right there to, to lap it up. And that's exactly what happens. God blesses Lot. Both of these men are so blessed by God that they now cannot live together in the same land, in the same region, in the same zip code, whatever. They can't. They've got so, so much livestock and so many servants. God has blessed them so much that they can no longer cohabitate with one another. And what ends up happening is, is the servants begin to fight and quarrel amongst one another. Abraham calls to Lot. Hey, come over here, man. Let's, let's, let's have a sit down. Let's have a conversation. Hey, look, we, we can't. It's not good for us to fight each other. It's, it's not good. So I tell you what, Lot. You pick the best land you see. You get the first choice. The Bible says Lot lifted up his eyes and he sees the Jordan Valley. 
how everything was well watered like the gardens of the Lord, is what it says. It's an incredible picture I got there, but like the gardens of the Lord. And he goes in and takes that. And Abraham went the other way. He told Lot, if you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. I'll just go where you don't go. You can have the best. Now, I want you to think about that just for a moment. Abraham's the one with the blessing, not Lot. Abraham was the righteous man of God, not Lot. They have everything they have because of Abraham's relationship with God, not Lot's. But yet Abraham says, you have the choice. You take the best. Now, I, I got I to gotta be real honest for you a moment, with you for a moment. I'm not sure I'd do that for my nephews. I'm just saying. Like, I love my nephews, but I'm not sure I, I would do this for them. Heck, the other day, I'll be real transparent with you for just a moment. It's getting a little serious. Maybe we need to laugh a little bit. <clears throat> But the other day, right, I was in the store and I thought, hey, you know what? I'm gonna buy a pair of goggles for the swimming pool because I like to be Michael Phelps even in the swimming pool. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm gonna buy my goggles, right? And I get these real nice goggles because our boys in our family break everything. My son's at the top of the list. He's breaking anything he touches. So don't let him in your house touch anything. He'll break it, I promise you, right? So, so they break everything. So I'm like, I'm gonna buy my own goggles so they're mine. So I can go swim. My eyes won't get real red because my kids love to swim. We swim all the time. So I was like, I'll, I'll buy it. And there's no one wearing them. No one's getting them. I wear them one time. My nephew, little turd. <laughs> Uncle Keith, can I wear your goggles? My first response, nope, you'll break them. I start walking away. This is, this is, this is for real. The Lord said, okay, if that's the way you want to act, give him the goggles. What? So with great reluctancy, I gave him my $20 pair of goggles. <laughs> you thought this thing was a fortune. <laughs> I needed a word from God to give him goggles. I would need a visitation from the Lord to give him up the choice land. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, but Abraham, Abraham, my goodness. He was so humble. He didn't even hesitate. Didn't barter one bit. Didn't compete one bit. Didn't go back and forth at all with him. You take the best. And Abraham's humility towards Lot had nothing to do with Lot's humility towards him because Lot should have said, no, uncle, you go, you have it. I'm blessed because of you. I can see it, so I'm humbled because of it. But that's not what he did. Yeah, I'll take the best. Yep, I'll take it. Didn't depend on him. His humility towards Lot depended upon God's humility towards him, just like what the Lord calls us to do. He takes the best that was right in front of him. This is one of the greatest examples of showing humility towards one another. Not competing, not fighting, not striving. Here, I prefer you over myself. You can have it. You can have it. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. Then Peter gives us the why. Why? For God opposes the proud. Be humble towards one another. Here's your warning, because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. How scary is that? That when we find ourselves prideful, we're in opposition to the one true God, in complete opposition to him. Matter of fact, he purposefully stands opposed to us when we act in pride, when we are prideful if we're prideful toward him or if we're prideful toward anyone. The opposition of the Lord 
will hit us right in the mouth. It'll hit us right in the mouth. Proverbs says this, Proverbs chapter 16, five, says the Lord detests, doesn't dislike, doesn't kind of discourage you to do it. No, no, he detests a prideful heart. Detests it. Isaiah chapter two says this, the Lord will bring down everyone that has been lifted up. Everyone. Psalms 119 says this. He rebukes the proud. He rebukes the proud. God, God will oppose us if we're prideful. And Psalms 10, David the psalmist tells us why. Tells us why. Because the proud do not seek him. This is why I got to oppose them. Because they're not seeking me. See, we... When we think we can, we can make it without him, that we do all these things without him because we got it. When we think we can, we can live this life and, and we don't really need him. When we live a life just doing whatever we, whatever we wanna do. When we treat people as though we're better than people. When we are willing to step on one another to get what we want. The Bible says God opposes us. He will still, I, I get the picture of like a stiff arm. You know what I mean? Like Herschel Walker had a mean stiff arm. And you go, boom. That's how God is with us when we operate in pride. Come on, stand to your feet. We're going to wrap this up. But because that is true, Listen to me, because that is true, the opposite is true. But when we acknowledge that we need him, when we realize we can't do it without him, he gives us grace to live this life for him. When we acknowledge Jesus, we can't do it without you. But yet there's gonna be seasons where we find ourselves falling away from him. And those seasons, he'll give us grace. He'll give us grace. And listen, the reason that, that pride is the original sin is because this is what Satan allowed to creep into him. Did you know he was created the most beautiful angel in all of heaven? The most beautiful being in all of heaven, God created him. And he created him to worship him forever. He was the worship leader in heaven. That's who he was. With God all the time. Beautiful and majestic. But it went to his head. He allowed pride to creep in. And he began to try to overthrow God from the throne. His pride caused him to think he could do it better than God. His pride told him he didn't need God. He was better off without him. His pride caused him to do more than what God had told him to do. God had told him to worship me. That's what he told him. But it caused him to want more and to do more. And this is exactly what pride will do to us. This is why it's so ugly for us, so difficult for us. And it has many faces, but it tries to bring about the exact same outcome every time. And the crazy, horrible truth of all this is this, we all deal with it. All of you, every one of you, clothe yourself, put it on in humility, because you'll all encounter it. Peter warning us against it so that none of us find us, find ourselves 
swallowed up by it. Just like the enemy was. See, it's a rippling effect. If we start to give in to pride and we start to believe this crap that the enemy tells us and, and our flesh tells us, it's a rippling effect because it blinds us to all the other sin in our lives. Because then it tells us that sin's okay. What you did there is fine. It's not a big deal. You're just doing what you want to do. You're just doing what feels good to you. This is what pride does. It's a rippling effect. And, and he goes on to end this with this. Humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God. So that at the proper time, say proper time, he will exalt you. So in other words, wait on the Lord for the raise. Wait on the Lord for the promotion. Don't fight and quarrel and step on one another to get to where you think you want to be. Humility towards one another doesn't depend on others' humility towards us. It just doesn't. Depends upon the humility Jesus was and is and is to come to show us. So we don't have to as Christians, right? We, Christ followers, we don't have to lie or deceive to get ahead in this life. We don't have to. Instead, we're able to be humble, trusting that in due season, we'll reap the harvest. In the proper time, God's going to exalt me. So I'm not gonna fight with you over it can have it. God's got something better for me anyway. When we live for Jesus, we don't have to strive for the things we have. We tend what he's given us. That's it. And he'll multiply it 30, 60, and 100 fold. We don't have to strive for it, fight against it. We tend it. It's incredible what the Lord does for us. See, we're, we're to be a people who, who are anxious for nothing, but in everything we pray. Anxious for nothing, but in everything we pray. See, see, the world tells us this, you gotta get what you can get. You gotta get it, no matter the cost to others. No matter the cost. And, and you can't afford to be weak. Because here's the thing, if you're vulnerable... Right? Your vulnerability speaks to weakness. This is what the world, this is what the world will tell you constantly. But, but you know what the, the word of God tells us? That in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. That when I am weak, he's strong. That when I'm dependent on him, he will pour his spirit out on me. So I'll boast all the more in my weaknesses and my shortcomings and my insecurities. I'll boast in them because I know God is going to use me in spite of them. This is what it means to follow Jesus in humility. This is being positioned in humility. Pride's main object, period. If you don't get anything else, get this. Pride's main objective in this life is to separate you from your dependency upon Christ. That's what it tries to do, separate you from that. See, we don't, we don't have to carry the things that God hasn't called us to carry. All of you who are heavy laden and burdened, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my burden upon you and my yoke. For my burden is light and my yoke is easy. This is, we don't have to carry anything God hasn't called us to carry. We just got to do what God has called us to do. Now think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. 
We are to remain wholeheartedly dependent upon Jesus. We got to be a people who are on our knees praying. A people who are in his word constantly. A people who worship him unashamedly. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm going to use it. No shame at all. I worship you because you're worthy. I worship you because of who you are. Not even because of what you do, but because of who you are. I don't care who's around me. I don't care who's looking at me. I could give a flying leap what anybody thinks about me. I'm going to make sure everyone who knows me knows I love Jesus, period. This is the type of people we're called to be. This is the people we're called to be. And when we do that, when we do that, it says that God will elevate us. He opposes us when we think, ah, it's cool. Eh. But he elevates us when we say, Lord, it's just you. It's in you that I live, I move, and I have my being. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I pray that each and every one of our hearts here today realize and recognize how we have to remain humble in a world full of pride and arrogance and and strife and striving. Lord, help us to realize we were, were called to be set apart, a royal priesthood, a holy nation separated only for you. And we do that in humility. And Lord, I thank you that your spirit leads us and guides us to all truth, that it will strengthen us to remain humble in your presence. I pray that every one of us here today would have a brand new revelation of what that looks like in our lives. Lord, I pray right now by your spirit that each heart here, if there was pride trying to creep in to any of us, I pray right now you would reveal it by your spirit to us, that you will show us an account, God, of the areas in our lives that we are being prideful so that we can repent through humility and turn to you. And I thank you, Lord, that you're doing that right now. And Lord, I lift up each and every one of your people right now, whether in-house or online. I speak a blessing over them. I speak your favor upon them. And I pray right now in Jesus' name, health over every single one of them. Health over every one of them, I pray. Lord, as they they go this week, I, I pray that they would they would feel such a tangible presence of God on their lives. That they would recognize it, rejoice in it, and come closer to you because of it. Let our lives glorify you, Jesus. More today than it did yesterday. More tomorrow than it did today, I pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen.